apparently that's a professional thing to do. Dead, dead space, eh? Yeah, at the beginning of a recording. It, what am I, A? A, I'm Canadian apparently now. Hi! I apologize to everyone from Canada. You caught us in the middle of a random conversation. <laughs> oh, I didn't see you over there. <laughs> well, welcome, one and all, to the Banter Book Club podcast. I don't know why I'm talking with this accent. Uh, John, uh, that's, I was going to say you're on drugs or something, <laughs> but that's kind of how you always are. Well, no, I was just on vacation. I was in Tennessee down amongst all the uh, all the accent-y talking folks, so, you know, a little bit of it rubbed off into me. They rubbed off on me. Uh, that's, I knew that's they where you were going. <laughs> I'm Taylor. <laughs> And I'm John. Yeah, I'm the one that lives in Texas, but John's picking up a, an ac- a Tennessee <laughs> accent in a week. How was vacation, by the way? It was good. It was uh, a lot of fun. You Did know? you guys do anything special? Special, special. I um, knew all. I know all Alabama or, or uh, Tennessee has a lot of uh, attractions to go to. Did you see the? Well, we were in we were in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, so we weren't like in. You know Memphis or, or Nashville or anything like that with the like the music type stuff, but it's a really a fun place. It's in the Smoky Mountains, so you get some like really nice views and stuff. Had some you know decent barbecue. Had uh, a good time. We got to Tara's father got to meet uh, the baby for the first time because he lives in Florida. So that was the main point of the trip. Those are all very earnest and delightful things that happened and I was totally just gonna blast through with like did you go see uh, the Elvis Presley Graceland <laughs> memorial thing no how about birth of the music biz Nashville no we were not uh, near Nashville or or Memphis what about the home of blues yes Memphis <laughs> no, we were not uh Dollywood? We, That's a thing. Dollywood is close there. We did not go there. Which that which is seems... ha- which is very happy for me. <laughs> of all the of all the things that I've seen, I could probably have a little bit of fun at the at Dollywood. I mean, it's like a theme park from what I understand. I don't actually know anything about Dolly Parton, me, but I know me she either. is beloved. Um, so I'd be curious to see what that was like. That She's one of those people. People just dress up as her all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's that's weird. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> Ooh, Tennessee Civil War heritage. I think, I think that's just outside of what our audience is interested in. Uh, yeah, I think you know, Dolly close. Parton is right on brand. Tennessee Civil War heritage, not so much. Yeah, no, Dolly Parton though, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I've just been playing a lot of Diablo Two Resurrected. I've been playing. Well, okay. Here, instead of me saying what I've been playing, let's let's talk about that. No, no, no. Just cut me off. Just <laughs> ignore everything that I said there. Just you know, fill in with what you think. <laughs> I've What's, been playing Diablo Two Resurrected. Fuck you. I'm playing something else. <laughs> <laughs> How is the Diablo Two Resurrected? I I have a lot of uh, Diablo Two nostalgia. Like that was that was the game for a long time when I was like 15. I. I definitely played a good amount of it when I was a kid, but never to uh, the extent that I defeat games currently. Like, mm. I've played Path of Exile for years now, and so have you. Yeah. And Path of Exile was kind of like the spiritual successor to Diablo 2. A lot of people say that, and yeah. I agree with that. 
So it's interesting to go back to a far simpler game. The complexity of Diablo 2 is nowhere near Path of Exile. So it's interesting right. to be able to play for just a couple of days and and be at pretty much the end game. I mean, you beat the game, there's no, there's nothing beyond that, but you can still perfect your character more. Yeah. So. And there's always the it's next actually character, a little, right? Like... True, true. But it is, it is refreshing to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel that is very attainable and you can move on to the next thing. Like, there are a lot of games that you, you know, there's always a, an improvement that can be made, but this one is just kind of get in, get it done, and move on to the next fun thing. I had, uh, you know, like, I had it in my mind that I Nope. Would... So, uh, Wise Man's Fear uh, starts with... <laughs> I'm sorry, what were, you, what were you saying? No, 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 too late, Felix already hurt. <laughs> no, come on, come on, it was a joke. I had it in my head that I would play Diablo 2 Resurrected, but then... If you I can't handle the banter, get out of the book club. I just didn't do it. <laughs> uh, just didn't buy it. Haven't played it yet. I mean, not that I couldn't That's still fine. do that, but... Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, but the, a lot of people were nervous that they were going to ruin it, just like they, were, they ruined Warcraft 3. Not that I ever played that game, but Blizzard apparently messed that up really hard. But... I think we've spoken quite enough about video games. We're we're book people here at the Banter Book Club. Yeah. So what have you been reading lately then? I guess it's the next uh, real question. Um, that's a great one. I've been reading The Wise Man's Fear, obviously, slash listening to it. But I have another friend who suggested... Uh, a, a whole different series that I had never listened to. I think you said you read this one. Oh, it's called the series is called The Broken Earth. Oh, uh, yeah, N.K. Jemison, which I haven't read that book, uh, but it there is a are very, uh, a number. I don't know how many have been released so far, but I've read the first two now. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I'm not gonna. Uh... The fifth season. That's the first book in it, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that just right. popped into my head. So naturally, I had yeah, to say the second it. One, because... Second one was The Obelisk Gate. Hmm. It's one of those, that's definitely one of those books that I've been like, oh, maybe I should read that and just have, just haven't really gotten to, you know? If you're, if you're into discovering a super depressing world filled with super depressing people. Not really, no. That doesn't sound like. <laughs> that series is just for you. That's probably an unfair. Uh, description. No, I can't even... That's definitely exactly what it is, though. But there are a lot of really cool magical sort of... And the science of the world is is different. It's not bad. It, it Each of the two books that I've read ends on such a sweet cliffhanger, though. That's how they get... They gotcha. Sick click cliffhangers. Spoilers for that book, even though I didn't spoil it. <laughs> Spoilers. There's cliffhangers. <laughs> the book ends really cool. But we are here to talk about The Wise Man's Fear. We've completed... Yeah, I haven't read anything lately. The so. name of the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here. This is this is all about Taylor. I'm just, uh, I'm just the background Actually, noise. Yeah, this is a voice modulation that I do. <laughs> You're this just is talking my real to voice. yourself. <laughs> 
I remember I showed up at Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> one time with a voice modulator, and then you just shat on me for it. Did I? I, was like, Did I, no. I didn't shit on you. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't actively make fun of me for it, but I think I asked you about it like a while later, and you were like. Yeah, it's not that cool. <laughs> it sounds a little weird. It did sound a little weird. It sounded like robotic. That's like... fine. I mean, yeah, it was like a little voice modulating program. It's not. There's no way that it's going to be able to actually make a genuinely awesome voice. Right, I just right, right. was thinking it might be cool to have something different. Well, it wasn't. So, but unnecessary. I'm, and I'm so glad you set me right. I'm making a fool of myself, so and right. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm so right, like, all the time. Like, so what are you reading? Uh, actively, I guess technically nothing, but on that vacation down to Tennessee, and I guess technically on the way back, uh, Taryn and I listened to the first book in the Gentleman Bastards series, which I had already read, but she hadn't. Um, the Lies of Locke Lamora is the name of that book, which... Uh, Man, I've heard that title I've, and that I've, series a few I've times. I've told it to you a few times because it's so fucking good. You have to uh, read it. Oh, my God. The first book. Let me look it up right now. The uh, Gentleman. Amazing. The second book is pretty good. The third book I really liked. And then it's... What was the first one called? The first one's the called The Lies of Locke Lamora. And it's it's another one of those series that's it's at three books right now, and it's been sitting at three books for a long time like it's in it's in there with uh king killer and game of thrones just like people just sitting there waiting for the next book like come on we need more type of it's that type of series nice like i uh this this the first book i know this is, this is totally <laughs> this is the no, wise here, but this is it's oh, this it's is such a good this series. might turn into just a middle episode where we don't actually talk about the book where yeah we're I, guess, just, I guess we'll see where you know, we end this up this is us right? this is you know. But the first, okay, this, the world, like, there's so much really good world building, which I feel like you, as a reader, really appreciate world building. I do, and yes. yes. the world building is done super well. It flows in with the story just, just so good. Like, there's, like, these world building, like, interludes, I guess you could call it, that, like, s- frame the, the bit of story that's going to be coming up in just, like, such a, a super way. And Scott Lynch. Yeah, Scott Lynch is the author. Very good, uh, very good author. And the best way, the way I like to describe this, at least the first book, is it's like Gangs of New York meets Ocean's Eleven in fantasy Venice. Oh, nice. Which, I mean, if, if you're a fan of either of those movies, that that's like the setting. And some some of the plot, like the Ocean's Eleven bit, would be like your plot acts like it's this group of uh thieves that are you know trying to pull the job oh man i just failed to buy it on my audiobook program unnamed audiobook program that does not pay us money (laughs) and therefore we will not say their name (laughs) yeah and and uh, i said i couldn't buy it and i was like what it's because i already have it at some point in the past, you recommended and you it, it, and, and then I you never it, listened to it. Oh my god! And I haven't god. listened to it yet. No, no. But we started this book, like book club podcast thing, and I really wanted to know what I was talking about instead of just asking you to answer a bunch of questions for me. Right. So I've essentially been You've listening been dedicating to dedicating your time to 
the book we've actually been I mean, talking about as opposed to my <laughs> other things. Why? Just reading Why anything a, all willy-nilly. Why would you do such a thing? That sounds terrible. Jeez. Uh, yeah, pretty much that. But uh, that I will I will join in with you as a Lies of Loch Lamora. What's the series called? The Gentleman Bastards sequence. Gentleman I guess it's Bastards. the Gentleman. Bastards I really like sequence. that series name. Yes, that is the name of their uh, their gang, as it were, the Gentleman Bastards. Cool. Yeah. It's. But now maybe we should get to a wise man's fear. I mean, I've been told that a wise man fears three things, Taylor. Oh yes, who who gives us that lesson? Um, it's a uh, threat, I think, right? Threat well, tells. They, they uh, say it in the first book. I'm pretty sure. Or at least. Okay. The, do they? The one that I'm thinking of is threat, though, yeah, as, he's, as he's, he's telling both as he leaves, as, leaving, as yeah. like giving him advice. But I think it's actually. I think it's said somewhere in the first book. If I'm not. Now, I think we even talked about that in the podcast. Yeah. We, we talked about it on a previous episode of this podcast, which you should go and listen to if you haven't yet. If you're starting oh, here, yeah. go back and check out the other ones. We've got a catalog. Yeah. Believe it or not, this is still the intro to the podcast. So <laughs> if you have any uh, questions or we have a general open request for people to send in hijinks that they, that they get up to at work. Oh, yeah. Like little tasks that you can... Uh, ask a new person that'll make them feel stupid. I think uh, it's also definitely worth uh, saying if we haven't said it before, like you should send us your favorite theories. Like I, w- I want to know yeah. what other people's favorite theories are about anything we've talked about. Yeah, that, that's what I'm most interested in. I'm I'm always interested in cool new theories or just like talking about even prevalent theories. That's what I'm. Always keen on and that. we're gonna get into a bunch more of those during the conversation of the second book now that we have zero reservations but if you have any of the feedback theories little hijinks thingies you can send them to us at the banter book club at gmail.com we I, I I just can't really picture us getting a social media and trying to like gain followers do you think that's something that we should do not anytime soon <laughs> but maybe eventually yeah let us know in our email if you think yeah <laughs> in case you're wondering we want you to email us perhaps uh, but, perhaps uh, people would be more receptive to a social media but you know that's just not our not our bag at this current uh time yeah we only want the serious the real deal only the serious psychos that'll send us a full email yeah, we want your email because <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we've got some Nigerian princes Sell it that, to uh, that spam want to marketers. A <laughs> wise man's fear. Where does it start? It starts in the present world, right? Oh yeah, it starts. But I think it, it, it starts wakes, with a it silence of three parts again. Yeah. Which and I think it's either in the silence of three parts or shortly after, where Kvothe is just lifelessly making a delicious apple pie that is systematically just crushing this apple pie it's amazing but he's doing it dead in the eyes dead on the inside there's some awkwardness between i think i think this is an interesting thing to say in the science three parts because it kind of goes into your your theory about the silence being both chandrian sign sort of deal right i mean i 
I you're saying that because I think I told you that some people think that. I don't know if that's true. I don't. Oh, I, don't, I thought that that was uh, uh, that was. I don't subscribe oh, to that okay. as his. Well, as at his, any rate, uh, there's. But it could be in the silence of three parts. There's this one part. That's the man had true red hair, red as flame, very similar, or it's the same line as the first one. His yep. eyes were dark and distant, and he lay with the resigned air of one who has long ago abandoned any hope of sleep. Yep. That sounds uh, eerily like Halliax. one Halliax. I think we covered that in the first book as well. Did we? That was in... Uh, I don't think we... I, yeah. I do not recall covering that in the first book. I will say. Well, then you don't listen to me very often. Apparently not. I must have been tuned out. Even though I listened theoretically at the time and then also listened back to the episode. <laughs> and I do not recall. So maybe I'm mistaken. We, maybe we talked about it before one of the episodes or something. But we end up having quite a few. We conversations. do. We talk. Not all of them are recorded. We talk a lot. Very few of them are. Recorded. No, we talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the there is some awkwardness between Bast and the Chronicler because in in Bast's eyes. The Chronicler is essentially his minion right now. Like, you <laughs> yeah. are going to do what I need you to do because you're mine and I could kill you at any moment. Was it Was it the beginning of book two where they have a little scuffle and uh, Bast like just grabs the iron ring like the thing that, that Chronicler was threatening him with? And so you got me at the that first one I wasn't expecting it but now I know like I'm not actually afraid of a little piece of iron uh, it's just, it just that, hurts that does sound familiar as though that is where that happened yes I, I think you're right it's daytime people are waking up man maybe we should actually find out I can't really lick it uh, oh I don't have a, a physical copy I do of what would you uh, like to know? I mean, just that little moment. I mean, I know we know what happens once he starts telling the story, but <clears throat> in that morning, I think uh, uh, both, uh Oh, he couldn't remember the word pumice. Yeah. He makes apple pie and he does stuff, but he wasn't sure what like the remnants of a of a spent apple after you juice it is called. And so he's sharing, like, yeah, he's still he's playing a part, and he couldn't he couldn't ask the people around what it was called, because he should know what it was called. Just kind of illustrating how he is separate from them. There's some aftermath of the skin changer attack. I think this is when Aaron, the blacksmith's apprentice, comes in and is yeah, saying, that was after after breakfast. The part about the skinwalker attack that's interesting is Bast is asking Chronicler how his how his uh, shoulder feels and he's like oh it's numb and chilly but it doesn't hurt and Bast says that's to be expected I wouldn't worry about it if I were you life's too short for you folk to fret over little things as if he's saying eh you're gonna die soon anyway it doesn't really matter oh. what's wrong with that I never I never heard that part I, like I never I never understood that as the kind of threat that it is after you explain it like that. I mean, I'm obviously sp spinning it as I explain it in that manner, but that, uh -huh. that's the vibe I get off it now, you know? Yeah, that's creepy. Especially right after the, you will make him remember, you will. You'll do whatever it takes, right? Like, And because he got him to laugh with when he like pretended to be the skinwalker, 
and it kind of freed Chronicler out. Yeah, After Chronicler he, fell over. Yeah, it I gave think, him like yeah. that that crown uh, or like a the holly. Of yeah, holly. it's very. It was um, very well made ring of holly. All of the thorns thorns were pointed outward. I mean, there's there's so many opportunities of very meaningful things. Like, is holly some sort of ward against a skin changer? And does Chronicler actually put it on? I don't think he does. Um, Just more speculation. I don't think there is an answer as far as the purposes of Holly. I don't. I don't know that. There, there's obviously some. Like, there's a lot of different Fey magic, right? Just mm -hmm. that's the way it is. And yeah, there's a lot of different realms in the Fey, and they're not all the same. I'm trying to think here. I don't see any. Uh, I don't know if Bastus he said Holly in any of his like poems because he he has these poems that are very um they at first they just sort of seem like I, I want to say like mnemonics for remembering things but there there's there's got to be something more to them like why else would he, like he's he draws a breath and points his finger at the bottles and like begins to chant as he counts it's sort of it's almost like a eeny meeny miny mo type of of rhyme, right? Oh yes, that yeah, that's what that sounds like. Uh, at the start, oh yes, when but he's, he's uh, more than he's that. when he's tasting and not drinking. Yeah, and he's like, oh, he's like, what I'm are you tasting. doing? I'm look, I was looking for elderberry. Was was he looking for elderberry? Or was he trying to like will something to be elderberry? Was he just hoping he landed on elderberry with this chant for because it would be good juju or something? Like what? The, what is going on there? Is it just vast as is Whimsical? I mean, maybe. Well, uh, speaking of, that's another the... good question. Have you ever read *The Lightning Tree*? I have. That is not. a short story that Patrick Rothfuss did for uh, an anthology, *Rogues*. I have it. I read it, and it's a, it's vast. It's just about Bast. It doesn't really give much of his history, but it, it's like a day in the life of Bast when he's not at the end, and it's oh. it's interesting. I was, um, you said the elderberry, elderberry thing, and that reminded me of the end of the book when he... Oh, chapter 152, the, elderberry. I mean, we've recorded seven episodes now, and I hope it's painfully obvious that we are expecting the audience to have read both of the books, especially now that we're starting the second book. I really hope everyone has who's listening has read it. Oh, yeah. Or if not are perfectly willing to get things spoiled immediately. I mean, um, as you say at the end of the book, the last chapter, aside from the silence, is called Elderberry. And he says that same rhyme yes. and he, when he kills the, the men. <laughs> yep, I think it's uh, the bottle that they steal from Quoth. Was the Elderberry. Is, it's what, yeah, it's what they're drinking yeah. when Quoth arrives at the fire, or when uh, Bast arrives at the fire. And so he's drinking the Elderberry... I don't know if that is if that really links to this first moment or not, but I didn't pick up on Bast's mentioning the elderberry. Yeah, thing. you got maybe the right bottle. Kind of... He said it's elderberry after he, he does maple maple catch and carry ash and ember elderberry again for that. Yeah, maybe that's kind of like uh, if you did uh, eeny meeny miny mo, yeah. and then you ended on uh, a tiger's toe. Yeah, like right. literally no, there was a tiger there. Then he he does again. He pointed at a nearby stone, a log, a hatchet. For fallow pharaoh, ashen oak, bide and borrow, chimney smoke, he ended pointing at the fire. 
Yep, takes a club. But I, yeah, maybe we'll stick to the beginning of the book. Well, no, nah, I no, no, now I'm too far deep. Because at too the beginning deep. of the okay. book, he says most of this poem, but he's just choosing bottles. Now he's saying the same poem, but uh, something else. The hot glow traced a glowing arc of the air. As Beth began to point it back and forth between the two men chanting, barrel, barley, stone, and stave, winter, wind and water misbehave. Misbehave. Finished with the burning branch pointing at the bearded man. His teeth were red. His expression was nothing like a smile. Hmm. Well, anyway. Uh, I, that's, it's definitely intriguing, and I guess it sort of insinuates that he kills them. But Oh, yeah, absolutely. But here I go, getting us way off course again. <laughs> you're always good for that i am back at the inn there it's kind of like a normal morning people show up to take advantage of the chronicler i think we get introduced to a family with a young baby i don't remember their names i don't think it matters but they show up to get the chronicler to write up some laying down papers as it's mentioned in the book and they are using him partly because they want to avoid the priest because it's kind of accepted that you donate something to the church but if you don't have much then you can't really you can't really spare anything to the church so it's kind of rude to to use the church in that case or they're trying to avoid some guilt but then I think uh, there is a very comical moment where they're taking care of the baby. Chronicler and Bast are looking after the baby so that they can uh, talk to the Chronicler. And Quoth actually makes a joke that the baby is Bast's. Like this infant might actually be Bast's kid. I'm pretty sure that doesn't go too far, but that'd be funny if he did. That was a little half fay baby. That, that's got to be further in. Oh. That's like after he talks to the Smith's apprentice. It might apprentice. be. It might be. But he begins telling the story right after he talks to the Smith's apprentice. He talks to to Graham a bit. That's about them. Yeah, uh, Graham notices. Oh, folk will want to come by. And the, so it's not until lunchtime about that people start coming by for Chronicle okay. services. I skipped some time there. But yeah. Well, let's get back to the academy, man. When do we get back to the academy? Yeah. I do, I do like there, the whole thing with uh, Quoth trying to convince Aaron, the Smith's pr- apprentice, that he is oh, Quoth, yeah. to get him to stay and listen to the story, but he just doesn't believe him. Man, that's got to be a real kick in the pants for Quoth, being yeah. unable to convince this kid that he is who he is. Wow. But he, he gave that kid everything he needed. How can you deny it? That's crazy to me. Am I supposed to feel better because I wasn't able to persuade an idiot best? <laughs> oh, uh, and the insults. Not much of a risk. Like, oh, well, why would you risk your life here? It's not much of a risk. It's not much of a life. And you were mooning over your lady love. I do not moon, best. Hmm, what does moon you... mean? Uh, well, I think conventionally, if you were mooning over something, you'd be like... Uh, Fawning. Waxing, waxing lyrical and, and going into way too much detail and fawning, yes. He says, yeah, that was the context moon, I got. Which, but... I don't know, with all the, you know, pretexts and things about the moon, that, that seems very foreshadowing. I do not moon. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. 
that's interesting. It's funny, I've noticed when editing these, whenever somebody says that's interesting, it's genuinely not interesting. Like, the, <laughs> the addition of that's interesting is so goddamn boring. Noted. <laughs> I'm not saying don't say it. That's just, uh, it's something I've noticed. Is it interesting? As we get back into the, the story, his eyes were sharp and bright, green as blades of grass. Mm. He's alive again. At least he's a back little bit. To, he's back to being his Edema Rue self, telling a sweet-ass story about himself. He loves it. Yeah. And where does the story pick up? So what happened in the, at the end of... It picks up with Admissions Day, where they you know draw their tiles. Oh, yes. He's talking, and he's in line with Fella. Uh, yep. Fella. Yeah, she backs up in the line to talk to him for a while. She invites him. She asks him on a date. And he's like, less. that would be great. But I don't have any money, so I'm going to lie and say that I have plans. Or that I'm leaving he doing said, other oh, I, things. He said, I need to... He, now he said he needs to, to barter his his chip. Because he's, ah, yes. he's a barterer from way back, you know? From way back. Uh, I'm just going to... Reminisce and do some do some good old fashioned wheeling and dealing. He doesn't he doesn't he sell it to Willem though? Mm, yes, he sells it to Willem for a jot and uh, a jot and three, and Will has to take Sim as his partner the next time they play corners. Man, they always <laughs> do that. Whenever there's some sort of dealing, they always. Like, the one extra bit is that they don't have to be partners with, <laughs> with Jim. <laughs> he must not. He must be, I mean, they explain it later when they go to the, to the other side of the river. And uh -huh. He explains, like, what... When Denna uh, fleeces them? Yes. Okay, I sorry, I interrupted. Night. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but they, he, they explain the types of things that uh, Simon does that is just really poor play. To me, corners. I don't know if it actually is, but it sounds a lot like setback. Setback, yeah. Yeah, like bidding blind. Man, what were some other names? Because I'm pretty sure setback is a very universal yeah. game that Pitch, everyone has a different name names. for. I've heard it described as Duke. I've I haven't heard that one. I think I've heard pitch. Pitch, I've heard too. Yeah. It's crazy to me that same game with with minor differences. Like a lot of people don't play garbage points. Oh yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is definitely an optional rule. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, listener, I'm going to need you to know all of the rules of all card games so that you understand what we're and talking you about. Actually, be like halfway decent at it, right? Like, I don't want, I don't want someone to be like, I played it once. No, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First round of betting. I bet four. Ugh. Oh God. You well, dope. I mean. If you have a four hand, you absolutely bet four. Yeah, but if you've never played before and you're betting four on your first hand... Oh, first ever? Yeah, definitely not. You, you don't understand the game yet. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be betting four yet. Are you really going to clean up all the garbage? I bet you're not. Anyways. <laughs> we're, we're, we're well, at... here's, here's one piece of advice for anyone looking to get into setback. Never go four without the jack. I will, tell you, I will say that. That is... That is hard and fast. You never go four without the. I jack. mean, what if it isn't wasn't even dealt? You're just you're maxing maxing out at three. You lose the bet. You did all that work yeah. for nothing. And don't and if you're playing, don't hope your partner has it. <laughs> don't don't hope that just because you got the ace king queen, you're just gonna happen upon it. 
I mean, that's a good hand, I know. It's you want to go for but you can't go I, for You don't I, have the jack. It, yeah, without the jack, do not go for without the jack. <laughs> Just don't do it. It's not worth it. I have not played setback since high school. That's so long ago. Every, well, uh, up until uh, recent world-changing events, every summer, me, my dad, and uh, my dad's friend and his son, we would go camping in Lake George on one of the islands, and one of the things we always did was play setback. And somehow, somehow, me and and Danny, that was my, my dad's friend's son, uh, we would always get off to a great start. We would be way ahead. And yeah. somehow, some way, we could never win. All of a sudden, all the cards would start going the way of our fathers. And Ooh, that win. sounds like there's some implication there. Right? I, you it's, gotta... it's just uncanny. It's literally uncanny. This is how it would go every year. We would be, you know, you played a 21, and we'd be up like 16 to 4, 16 to 3. They would get way behind early. They'd get set back and be negative points and shit. And somehow, we just could never close it out, and they would always come back. Because wow. all of a sudden, they were getting good hands, and they were bidding threes right off the bat, and, and it was just like... Huh, how does this some, happen every does year? Does somebody's dad have some swift fingers? Apparently. But, but that's like the crazy thing, because we dealt half the hands. And we still couldn't close it out. I don't All know. Right. Yeah, it sounds like Maybe you Maybe we're just bad at the game, you know? Yep. Yeah, we got just got to get good, Scrubs. Your your parents were pitying you. They let <laughs> they, you yeah, win they out. Were, they were letting us win early, obviously. Yeah. Sorry, so, yes, uh... Gets his tiles. He's he's got a few days, and you know, Will gives him a bunch of crap because he's like, "You don't need the the later date. What are you gonna do with it? Because you can't even go and study." Yeah. And he's like, oh, "There are other ways to study," <laughs> because at that <laughs> and point, he just studies. Well, yeah. Well, at that point, he's got his way into the into the archive through the underground. Yeah. So he goes in and. and but he does get a moment to complain. Like the the masters, they they have like a display of all the books that they find pertinent, and uh, students can uh, study those books and have a leg up uh, because a lot of the questions that the masters will ask will probably pertain to those books. But both yeah. access doesn't give them it doesn't give him those books exactly the ones that are presented. He he can find older, probably mistranslated. Uh, outdated versions of those books so he can get it for the general swaths but anyways it's a detail that's not super important but he can mostly study but he's still uh, at a disadvantage yeah. yeah he's decided to keep the secret from his friends that one that one seemed like something that I wouldn't do I feel like I would have shared that I, yeah I think the only like his main reasoning is because it involves Ari. That and I do they even really know about her yet? Like No. So that's that's why he's keeping the secrets because but it, also, it involves I mean, a whole bunch of a whole host of other secrets, you know. Right, right. I think the the one that I agreed with the most was he didn't want to make it uncomfortable uncomfortable for Willem who is a scriv. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. So if he if he told his scriv friend that he can get into the stacks without going through the front, that would put a weird pressure on Willem. 
even yeah. though it's his best friend, you know. Yeah, that is definitely uh, not the type of thing you want to have to have him be forced to keep a secret. Yeah. So I get that, but I feel like I still would have told. That doesn't matter. Uh, I think I'm mostly just pointing out that Quoth still kind of... He's still... Secretive. And secretive. <laughs> he hasn't fully uh, connected with anybody yet. He's still, he hasn't told anybody about the, ta the Chandrian. Yep. Uh, like his actual life's mission. He's, he has good friends and they're looking out for him, but it doesn't seem like he's really reciprocating. But I guess everybody has their own secrets. Like, uh, all right then, keep your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> a wizard is never late. Frodo Baggins. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. There's this there's this guy I work with, a real grump, but he's seen every movie and he can quote a bunch of the ones that I've seen. And it's funny to that when we quote uh, Lord of the Rings at each other. He does not seem like a Lord of the Rings geek, but he knows a bunch of the lines. Then I will die as one of them! Nice. Like, oh, Jared, Jeff! Classic one. Two towers in the house. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Sidetracked uh, again. <laughs> How dare we? we so, should, yeah, it's we not long. We should set long. up, like, uh, like, shock collars anytime <laughs> <laughs> we, we uh, get off topic. I mean, would that <laughs> would that keep us on topic, or would that just mean that we get shocked a lot? I think it would just be that, yeah. Yeah, we so could let's put the not do that. We, should, we could have, like, small shock collars around our, our junk, and then it would maybe feel a little bit good. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> we were doing so well there for a while. Actually, I'm sure there were some disgusting things. I'm sure I cursed at some point before this, too. But uh, yeah, I, I got a little uh, animated at a couple things. Uh, we some, definitely earned the words. explicit on that one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we should just put it on uh, by default at any rate. Oh, days. we are, I am for sure, oh, oh, but good, this yeah. is a bit yeah. that I don't hate. <laughs> At what point are we going to really earn the explicit tag? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got to earn it, right? Like, got to earn it, yeah. We're going to have it, so let's make sure it's, th it's, it's there with bells on. <laughs> so it's not long after that that uh, Foth is headed to... Or it's in the morning. He goes to the fishery to get some work done because he still needs to earn some money for the eventual higher tuition now that he's a Rolar. <clears throat> and oh. in the fishery... Or was it... No, it was... Was it at the Aeolian? Do you remember where it happens where he gets uh, he gets dosed? Uh, that is... I think it was at the Aeolian for some reason because it I remember the that... Aeolian. I think it was outside of Anchor's. Okay, maybe it was anchors then. Yeah, that was like okay. a, yeah. I think it was because maybe both it was actually I think it was noticed inside of anchors. It was uh, at anchors though. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I want to say it was anchors. Yeah, both notices the that she when she gives him a drink, her hand is all wet. And he was thinking, for yeah, weird. They're not usually the cups aren't usually wet. Like he usually dries yeah. them off really Wasn't well. Was she wearing gloves? Yes. So, the, it's the proof, yeah. yeah. So we can look back and say, yep, she did it. 
Now, when she leaves, she leaves in tears, and you would think you were, or we are led to believe that she's in tears because of what Ambrose, whatever Ambrose did to her. But do you think she is breaking down just so hard because she knows what she just did to him? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. She's probably just acting like. I don't know. I could see it. I think it's more interesting to think that she was, uh, she knew what she just did, but she had to because it was Ambrose. I mean, that would certainly be, uh, much more sinister. Yeah, I think that's what happened. But, um, so he gets dosed, and then he immediately starts making poor choices. He just, he was working extra hard to earn the money before, uh, the next term's tuition, and then he starts, like, blowing it away. He buys, like, an extravagant meal, and then he buys, like, a snack, like, whatever those, what were they? They were all candied almonds. Yeah. I think. I think you're uh, right. And in the book, he, like, explains it away. Like, ah, this is not going to be too much of a difference as far as my uh, th yeah. my money goes. So I might as well, you know, get a good meal and have some nice have some nice food. He's already feeling the effects. He's making these decisions that he would not... He has been acting contrary to that line of thought for the past d days. Um, it's, it's questionable, for sure. Yeah, he gets in line. He starts talking to some student that he's seen in the fishery, I think, before, and he is making a fool of himself. He's just talking down the whole process. Like the masters know what I'm good for. This this whole thing is it's verging on blinding idiocy. I think he says. <laughs> and then Ambrose appears. Was it? Was it a ballsy move for Ambrose to appear at that moment if he knew that Quoth was under the influence of the Plumbob? Oh, absolutely. Because they have a history, right? Like, yeah. It's it's ballsy, but it's also incredibly calculated. Like, all I need to do is have one favorable run-in with this kid, and he is gone. Right. <laughs> Man, so you think he was trying to goad Quoth oh, yeah, on? Absolutely, that's that's his style. That's I when I read it the first few times, I thought it was like like rubbing his nose in it, like I, mean, I did, like I wanted I to see this happen. Oh, yeah. But I didn't think that he would have the balls to show up and like try and start an altercation. I mean, Quoth could easy, easily kill this guy. I mean, in this world, people die very easily. I don't know. As I I think he's uh, he's counting on. A lot of uh, a lot of things. The fact that they're in public to True. keep him. Quite but I safe. mean, if he if he knows what the plumbob does, he theoretically would know that you know there are no bad ideas to Quoth. If if he got it in his if Quoth got it in his mind that stabbing Ambrose was a good idea, doesn't matter how many people are around, he's going to do it. Yeah, I think he's probably counting on the fact that. Because Quoth, like, vehemently said, I don't even know what I did, like, when it came to what he did to Ambrose last time. Right. So, I think he's counting on the fact that, oh, he doesn't even know what he did. Like, he doesn't, he, he can't do that again. 
Oh, right. Right. But there's so many other ways to kill somebody. He's the, sure, the best but... sympathist in the academy by a landslide. I don't know. I I, I see your point. I, yeah, I, I'm reading into it too much. I think you... Yeah, you're overestimating some things and underestimating others when it comes True. to Ambrose's vanity and Quoth's... Uh, and and the, the idea that he probably feels that even under the effects of the plumb bob he will not go that far like killing wise he'll make an ass out of himself but that's it anyway. well that's exactly what happens yeah he uh he doesn't do anything that would get him expelled but ambrose gets proof that the plumb bob was successful and yep. uh but again ambrose kind of saves him not in his direct actions but like, that interaction puts Quoth on edge. And it's yeah. like, something's wrong. I think and then he realizes that he took... Uh, Ambrose says, uh, what's the matter with those... The almonds taste like plum. And it does. Strawberry. Wasn't it strawberry that he would taste? I don't think it... it I don't think it tasted like plums, did it? Uh, I know it's called maybe plum it's... Bob, but I thought it tasted like something else. You might be right. Strawberries doesn't seem familiar to me, though. I want to see if I can find it because I'm. Nutmeg. Uh, nutmeg is definitely one of them. Spices, yeah, nutmeg, but there was a yep. fruit. Maybe I it think it's plum. plum. I mean, it, that would make a lot of sense given that yeah. it's called Plumbob, but I need to try and find this. Sure. Because Take a little pause. Yeah, I'm, I'm stupid. I just want to know. <laughs> just gonna do a quick. Oh, uh, just just real quick. I just. Came across this line. Ambrose, your presence is the horseshit frosting on the horseshit cake that is the admission into process. Yeah, if, yeah, he does get some. We didn't mention it, but he's got some good quips. And then the the girl he was talking yeah. to. I'll give you that. I said, watching it go. Nobody can make a woman run like you. I tipped yeah. an imaginary hat. You could give lessons. You should teach a class. Oh yeah, what's the matter? Don't fancy plum. There you go. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, Quoth realizes even in even in the state that he's in, something's up. I have to go uh, get this sorted because something's definitely wrong. He goes right to um, Simmons' room. Actually, he goes to somebody else's room near Simmons' room. That was funny. Simmons comes out of his actual room and is like, "Both, what are you doing? That's not even my room." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very uh, clear that something is a bit off. It's a little off. That was a, and it's a comical moment, but there are definitely some, some scary parts in there, like when. Uh, uh, it was funny, but also at the same time, the fact that it was real, makes it scary. Like what's like at one point they, uh, was it Mola that they grab or was it Fella? Grabbing what's it's. Uh, so I think it's Fella because he like starts to say some pretty lewd things to her. Yes, you're right. It, it was Fella. So yeah, they're not sure what they should do. So uh, Simon goes to get Fella. So they go for help. They get Fella, and uh, she doesn't really believe it. And he and Quoth, you know, confirms it without even trying. Simon asks him, "What's a what would be?" Uh, worse, killing Ambrose or stealing a pie? And Quoth's follow-up question was, 
is it a meat pie or a fruit pie? <laughs> Which is very funny. Yeah. But also, if your morals are so fucked up that you're not sure what's worse, killing a person or stealing a pie. Yeah, like, wow. you know what type of pie it is. That could have, yeah, that could have gone bad so easy. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a little touch and go there for for a while. But they How do, do they... eventually get him to agree that he's not in the right state. And they don't, and I think it ends up being there's there's not a cure. There's not like a, an alchemy cure. You just have to wait it out. So yeah. he kind of goes into hiding for a while. Yeah, he switches uh, admissions tiles with Fella because she had, she had gotten one. Oh, like yes, that's why they got her. They didn't get her to help them. They got her to trade tiles so that uh, because yeah, he yeah. was supposed to go into admissions like at that moment. Yeah, he so was they on went... his way to admissions when he yes. when that happened to him. Yeah, yeah. That was a okay, plan for cool. him to be plumb bop during the admissions and get like sent mouth off to the masters, basically. That's Man, so Ambrose did his was. due diligence to find when uh the day what day uh, Yeah, he, he figured that out somehow, obviously. Well they had at one point they had a a scuffle about the tile. Was like That was in the first book where like he's Ambrose wants to buy, or it's like, okay, fine, let's, let's, yeah, let's barter or whatever. Okay, I thought for a second maybe that's it. So he saw his tile, but he traded with Willem after that, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes into hiding for a, at least a few days until his uh, or fella's tile comes up, and he actually has a really uh, heartfelt moment with Ori. So he's having an emotional roller coaster, uh, and uh, Ori hears him crying outside, uh, from outside, and actually comes inside to comfort Quoth. And Quoth uh, realizes the first time that I've been touched in like a loving way in a very long time, and that was a very sweet moment. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh... Because he's in his room at Anchors, right? So it's very uh, interesting that Ari shows up there. Right. And usually he, you know, meets up with her. Now, the question uh, is, was that at Anchors or was that in Simmons' room? Was he just staying at, at Simmons' maybe was, place? Maybe it was in Simmons' room. Yeah, that, that is actually... Either way, it's still right. interesting that she ended up with Quoth yeah. either at Anchors or because that's not where he normally stays. So if he yeah. did show up in Simmons' room... It's still, it's still a very, a sweet thing. Time passes. He goes. It's the day of his admissions. Yeah, his admissions test, <clears throat> and he actually sees Elodin. Elodin leads him into the master's quarters, and Hem taunts both of them. And so Elodin messes with Quoth. Hundred percent is messing with Hem, but is also kind of... It eventually kind of seems like a teaching moment. Like, Quoth is here to ask him to teach him naming. But Quoth is still not in a place where he is teachable for these very dangerous things. So here we are again. It's happening real time. Elodin is in this situation and he's testing Quoth. So here we are at a door... What do you do? And Quoth just picks the lock. He didn't ask whose room it is, 
why we need to pick the lock or why do you have to go through or don't you have a key he just picks the lock so he it's a set to me it's the equivalent of his jumping off of the roof in the first book very similar yes the the stakes are a lot lower but it's the same mistake he just trusts Elodin and just does it yeah everyone knows the yeah they go in he finally catches on once he starts burning all of these these clothes. The yeah, uh, the the rooms did not match a load, and Quoth was like this. This is, I mean, it's kind of it's nice, but it's kind of boring. I was not going. I would not have expected this to be a Loden's quarters because they're not. Yeah, does not match. Is the best way to put it. That's all. That's all there is to say about it. it just it just uh, didn't match. Yeah, I think there's a there's a cute moment there where Quoth gets a little frustrated from the plumb bob, little a plumb. What did they call it? A memory? Yeah, when it comes back. Uh, but anyways, he has one, has one right there, and gets frustrated with a loden. And uh, I think it's there's smoke. It's already smoking, and he go uh, he goes teach me, damn it! And a loden responds with, "What makes you think I'm not teaching you already?" Aside from the fact that you refuse to learn. But in my eyes, the only lesson he's trying to show Quoth is that he's not ready. The man's an absolute tit. No one talks to me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Hem does have some balls of messing with a Loden. Like the master namer, he's he's the dude. Why would you ever mess with him? It's not good for your health. But that ends. Quoth goes to the... Uh, admissions and he actually uh, he does all right there are some easy questions that he gets from Kilvin he gets easy questions from Elks at all Elodin doesn't even really answer any questions and I think Hem Hem puts up a little stink right there and so Elodin actually does ask a question there's there is some some really cool descriptions behind how the room changes when a Loden is like using his voice, like his name speaking voice. Uh, and what was the question that he asked him? Oh yeah. Where does the moon go? When do you remember the end of that question? When it's hidden, when she's hidden from our world or something like that. Yeah. That is, and he just uh... says, I don't know. I haven't the faintest or something like that, but he ends up getting, Oh, I don't want to skip over Hem. Hem calls him out. He just kind of... Hem's first question is just, did you uh, set fire to my rooms? Yeah. Just lays it all on the line. He really thinks both did it. Because he, cause Hem saw... When Hem taunted Elodin and Quoth, he saw Quoth there. Yeah, he had all the, uh, all the suspicion he needed, which was, I saw them beforehand. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. You got us. Well done. And uh, Hem gets put in his place after that. Yeah, the Chancellor kind of. Uh, the Chancellor Herma. I was that was his name. Yeah. Herma. Yeah, you're just as bad as the child. It was less excuse. Get told, Hem, you bitch. But he still ends up getting uh, nine talent and change. You said nine and five, I think. Nine and five. Yes, sir. Still a pretty big chunk of coin, especially compared to like the three talents that he was that he's used to, 
Or five talents. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a Rolar now, right? So it's more expensive. Yeah, he has access to a lot more. So he is being charged more. But he has not enough. So he has to venture out to Imre, to our favorite coin shark. You asked uh, what, last time, what what do they call them in this world? It's a galet. Galet, yeah. That's the the kind of like old-timey thing. I think Quoth uses it because he is Edema Rue and he does a lot of the plays. So he yep. is used to that language. And I think at some point Simon makes fun of him for using that word. Yeah. Who says that anymore? Like, yeah. that's, I think that's what he, he says. But that that is what she is. He goes to see his galet, uh, Denna. Or, wow, Denna. <laughs> oh, I was going to... There was something I was going to say earlier. When, when you were talking specifically about the... Uh, um, Ambrose coming to like basically make sure the plum bob took and like more or less rub his nose in it, right? Uh-huh. And it's the idea of you remember in Scarpy's second story when he gets hauled off, he's talking about the angels and their karmic force yes. on on earth and they're yep. invisible, you don't see them, right? So there are actually quite a few instances in both the first book and this one where a character, whether it's Ambrose or Quoth or whoever, will do something bad or try and take advantage of someone, but it will end up helping them. And you, you pointed that out. You said, oh, it sort of tips him off and it helps him, right? Right. And there's there's like a, there's different examples of it, and it makes you wonder if it's you know just coincidence or perhaps the work of this unseen karmic force. Um... I think there are examples of uh, a far more direct impact from this karmic force. So I think I don't think that that is maybe not that. this one in particular. It's just what reminded me of it. But yeah, yeah. Other but keep times. a pin and keep a pin in that one because I think I've got a bombshell for uh, later in this book. Okay. And because you, you've given me quite a few really entertaining bombshells where I hadn't thought about that. And I was like, yeah, that really fits. That's super interesting. And I, I really hope I have at least one of those for you. Okay. I'll, I'll keep a pin in it. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll let you have your day on that one, maybe. Oh, Hopefully. thank you. Even if it's not true, I really expect you to really play it up for the audience. Uh, okay. I'll but that just, won't be... Just give me, like, like, just type me a message so that they can't see. Um <laughs> and just tell me, all right, this is it, and then I'll be like, I'll be ready, okay? Yeah, I'll have uh, those like cue cards. You'll have to remind me that that's what the message is about, because in theory that'll be like three or four episodes or however long from now, and I'll have completely forgotten. I'm not going to remind <laughs> you of this moment. I'll, I'll just send a message that says, uh, "Say wow" right after this. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, that'll do. That'll be perfect. <laughs> so where did we end? We got to. Quoth uh, was headed to see Davy because he still needed uh, some money to cover the rest of his tuition. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's heading. He heads to Imre. First, he stops to see Denna because they had. Uh, oh yeah, I knew there must be some Denna parts. I'm surprised yeah. we hadn't talked about Denna yet. This is definitely a Denna-heavy book compared to the first one. There is yes. the second half of the book had a good amount of Denna in it. But we're really, yeah, book two is, oh man, I haven't mentioned it yet, but book two is so much sex in book two. 
<laughs> and I, I do have uh, I do have put a pin in that one too because I have a topic uh, for that. I mean, when we I get there, I asked before, like, well, are there any thematic differences? Oh yeah, there are. There are actually some big differences. This is where Kvoth goes full horny bard. Holy cow! Yeah. <laughs> okay, not really, not really. Yeah. What Did do you be... mean? Yeah. No, he... no, 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 no. If we're talking like like the D and D meme horny bard. Oh, I guess That's I'm not familiar not... enough with that one. Okay, so that that literally is... Okay, so, like, imagine it, me as the DM describing, like, this monster you're looking at or, like, or a dragon or something, and if you were playing a bard and you were playing the quintessential uh, meme horny bard, you'd be like, I rolled a seduce it. Like, literally for oh, everything. Oh, okay, okay. So, in a lot of ways, what happens in here is not really ever initiated by Quoth, but it but he accepts it in this book as opposed to in the previous one where he sort of brushed it off without thinking. Uh, so in one of the previous episodes you were talking about you listed off all those the the instances where Quoth has says seven words. Oh yeah. And my favorite one of all of those was and for all that she lacked your passion. Yeah. So I that example was he just spent an untold amount of time essentially having sex with a god I don't know uh, I mean god, no no she's she's not but word. it's it's the equivalent of like a, a, a mythical creature yes yeah. yes that's what I mean like if, if and, this were ancient Greece it'd be like one of the one of the the, uh, the You're trying so hard something. not to say God right now. One of the nymphs. They're, they're half gods. They're part gods. The nymphs. Yes, that's what I'm Speaking thinking. Speaking of that total tangent right now, you ever read? Uh, you ever read uh, Circe or Song of Achilles? No. Good books. Anyway, well, I'll I'll come back to those another time. We were we were trying to wrap up the episode, not go on big tangents. So. Um, but what I was thinking of, like it's it's like a sex romp. A sex uh, romp. I yeah. don't know. I, in part, he, agree so with you, but I So he spends all this time... don't. He spends all this time... Uh, is there sex? Literally, yes. literally fucking Valurian, the, the most beautiful but creature. The part. But then, after that, he comes back to the real world, and he he takes... I forget her name. The redhead from the inn that they were at. The one who, who yeah. like, flirted and made him uncomfortable the last time. Yeah, yeah. The... the woman he says that line to and for all that she lacked your passion and then was there more does he have does he fuck anybody else i don't know uh and when he's in adem he sleeps with yeah oh my god and then another girl and then yeah what was her name vachette was the teacher vachette yeah and, and then I can't, uh, I can't remember the other the other girl we'll get there we'll yeah. get there yeah it's a i mean in the first book no sex they're flirting. This is as far as it went. Book two. Fuck. Got a fuck. Well, okay. In the first book, he's hey, like, I can't, I can't learn how to how to hold this sword right. In will the it help? <laughs> will it help if you touch my boobs? Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> okay, bud. Uh. Okay, let's save that for when we get there. But I think it's worth noting that in the first book, he's like fifteen. No, younger, isn't he? 14, 15, I at most. totally understand. I am and not criticizing both. I'm 
that if there's a criticism there, it's of the author. I yeah, which I I don't think that it, that's a very valid criticism. Honestly. Okay. Fair. Okay. Fair. Because fair, fair. like, what else? What else do uh, like seventeen, eighteen year old university? What what else are seventeen, eighteen year old university boys doing there? They're trying to get their noodle wet, you know? Come on. <laughs> 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 They're trying to get that noodle wet. And he's not doing anything scummy either. Like it's not like he's a, a college frat dude, like more or less forcing himself on people. The he, the one. He, this is just he he now accepts the advances as opposed to not really understanding them so that's that's fine i i i am not a fan of the way that quoth does that like how he like he doesn't do it at all like the way that i might do it but the that's beside the point though there are a few very cringy moments in this book that i don't appreciate that I've, I mean, I've lived through that that life as well. I was also a 16, 17 year old boy, but it's the there's just a certain mentality that grosses me out, and I, it happened a couple of times. It was, yeah, Falurian was in the water, and Quoth was distracted by her body, and she annoyedly, like she was annoyed, so she said, "Oh, will it, will it be better?" Will you stay focused if you touch my boobs right now? And I was just like, that is the the most childish fantasy. Oh, yes, you can have what you want if you just shut up. Uh, ugh. <laughs> it just, it hurts my soul. Like, uh, you, you watch I mean, to the... To be fair, that's, that's pretty real, though. Like, you watch uh, that's like a The real Office? Thing. You've watched The Office, yes? I have not. You've not watched The Office. Okay, so this is no. this is for the audience only, then. Michael's Tots uh, is one of the cringiest episodes in the world, except for this. Except for these moments where Quoth is so horned up and these <laughs> these horned amazingly <laughs> beautiful women have the most weird attitude about it. It's it's it takes me so far out. Ugh, that's just so awkward to me okay okay but i'll so get over it we can moments, we can ignore it those particular moments are awkward for what he learns while he's there not how to have sex don't you think that it's it's probably okay it's probably worth it because he learns a lot of uh, interesting things and a lot of things about how the world works while he's um doing these particular activities don't you think it's okay so the okay okay the, uh, like I the, said the earlier is, the criticism I don't think that it's a net gain. Ugh, the the criticism is of Patrick Rothfuss, not of Quoth. Like that you know, can make like, an awkward moment without it being that awkward. Like The Office is a funny show. I don't need Michael's tots to make it that much more. Like that's too far. That's just that's just my preference though. So that those little moments like that and he has them in the the adem too those take me really far out because they're too awkward they might be right on the spot as far as a teenager goes but that was that was really far for me but it doesn't take away from no the overall the answer to your question is no it was still he learned a lot he learned the differences between the fey and humans there's uh what do what 
we'll save that for the future because we are ending this episode. <laughs> are you sure? We, I think we can no, keep talking. No, it sounds no. like we can keep talking. Let's end it there. That was scatterbrained enough. We got uh, uh, we got plenty of time of just nothing but banter at the start there. Quoth is on his way to see Davy about help with the tuition for this for this coming semester. Yeah. Well, I've, I'm comfortable to end it. We've we've earned our explicit tag. And and we will definitely revisit your qualms when oh I when I have my uh, my topic of discussion about that section specifically. But next time, back to some more academy shenanigans before he leaves. Yeah. We'll talk about. Uh, some theories, some reactions, some some of what people think about the second book, and other fun things that we've planned out ahead of time. Yes, absolutely. We are uh, professionals. We're, we're the soul. We have the soul of professionalism. That's what we have. <laughs> uh, well, good night, everybody. Yes, good night, uh, friends. We will see you next time on the, the Banter Club. Club.